thank you so much for tuning in to Radio Pulpit and Radio Cape Pulpit. Once again, my name is Jenna Lee Belong, and I'm excited that I can host you for this hour every week on Fridays between 12 and 1, right here on Radio Pulpit and Radio Cape Pulpit. Don't forget, you can catch the repeat every Sunday evening at 7 o'clock. We just listened to Lulu Dikana with Saviour, still to come casting crowns with At Calvary and Kayam Tetwa with Communion with the King. As promised, I've been psyching you guys up uh, right now. On the line with me, I have someone who is an incredible inspiration. She's not just an author, not just an encourager, but a profound woman of God who has a beautiful relationship with God. Um, She was born in the USA, but she is now living here in South Africa. Jacqueline Renee Hartz, so great to have you with us this afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you, Jenilis. Great to be here. Now, I just said to um, our listeners that you are from the United States of America, but you are now living in the United States of South Africa. Tell us about uh, about that transition, how it happened and what made you decide to come to South Africa? Okay, well, I was retiring from 33 years of service with the government in California. And so me and my husband, we were planning a trip. We had done our DNA. We just thought it would be nice to visit Africa. And in the midst of that planning, God put it on his heart that we were going to end up living here, not just visiting. (laughs) So it sounded good to me when he said it to me. So that was before our first visit. So when we came to visit Africa in 2021 for the first time, we, I fell in love with it and I was ready to stay. Actually, I didn't even want to go back home to do what we needed to do to make it a permanent stay. So that's, that's basically how that happened. There was the little, the influence of a play that I had seen that a church put on in America where this lady had been, this girl had been kidnapped and taken from California to New York. And every time she went to go back to California, the people kept telling her how bad it is in California. She don't want to go back. And so she stayed there in abuse. And at the end of the play, they kind of revealed that it was the Black Americans who had been taken to America, where the girl was representing us. And of course, it was Africa and being taken to America versus how the play did it. And then at the end of the play, they visited South Africa. They they taped some stuff. So that also had piqued me to say, you know, it's time to visit back home, go back to our original roots. (laughs) That is incredible. And I can imagine that your family might have been quite shocked that you would decide to uproot yourself in the USA and come and plant yourself here in Africa again. How did they take it? Uh, I, I don't think they really believed it. I mean, they kept just saying, you're really getting rid of all your stuff and just going to Africa. So it was just kind of reinforcing, yes, this is actually our plan. We are getting rid of everything and starting in Africa. That is incredible. Uh, a lot of people might be listening and they are thinking, why would you want to come to live in South Africa, even having heard um, the testimony right now, because seemingly everybody's trying to get to the USA, especially California, because it feels like, you know, the entertainment industry is there. That's where everything is happening from. 
as someone who lived in California, what would you say to those who are trying to make it to Los Angeles? That's funny to ask that question because that is mostly even an American, even here when we tell people we move here, that is what most people say, why? Mm-hmm. But um, California is high taxes and it's just a lot going on in California. So even before we had planned to move to South Africa, we were looking to see what other state we were going to relocate in from California, just because it's high taxes. And it just has a lot of, um, I mean, every place has its issues, but we just thought it was time for a change mm-hmm. after we retired from California. The weather is nice, but you you pay for it. You pay <laughs> for enjoying the weather. You pay for it in other ways. Yes, and the weather actually here in South Africa is a lot like where we came from in California. Oh, we were in Southern California. That's good to know. We we at least we have the weather and we have God, which which is amazing. And and wouldn't you say we have beautiful people here? Yes, and that was the that was the first thing is the welcome we got the. Uh, I must be, but the people here were so loving, so. Warm, so embracing, and um, they were happy. Mm-hmm. Here, I just felt we the first visit we stayed in Rosebank, and we were here to people going to work, and it was just like everybody was just so happy, and and they and they they just seemed to live in a better place spiritually and emotionally than the people in America seem more you know stressed out, always you know just a different kind of level of life. I mm-hmm. felt. Mm-hmm. And um, you mentioned something now about God. I do want to ask you, how has your experience with God or of God changed since being in South Africa? Has it had any impact on your spiritual journey with God? Well, it's just, I'm just having a more intimate time with him. I mean, I'm living... I, I don't know if it's here or there because I was living, I had like a year of retired life there. So it's different when you're going to work every day. So right now, just as a retired person and living here, I I appreciate, there's so much here to appreciate just the natural beauty, the bird life I'm getting into, the wildlife and the game reserves and um I just I'm having more time here to enjoy. So I just feel a closer connection with God. And there's a level of excitement, expectation for me because I know he called us here. So Mm -hmm. it's like every day I know that there's this great plan that has to unfold day by Mm -hmm. day. But I know he called us here for a purpose and a plan. So in that, I'm excited to see I'm already have met the most wonderful, beautiful people. And I'm just excited to see how he's going to bring us all together to do something good for South Africa and for his kingdom. Amen, amen, amen. And you, of course, are not new to kingdom work. We're going to get into that in a moment. But I want to ask you about your work in corporate or in government. I know you also have a background in psychology. Tell us a bit about your career, what you did, um, and just yeah, your your background in terms of your work. Okay. I did go to school in Texas for uh, psychology. I got a Bachelor of Science in Psychology, and then I went to California and ended up with a Master's in Counseling, Marriage and Family Counseling. 
So that was kind of my background, but I ended up being hired at uh, at a, a base government at Camp Pendleton. And it was so funny because I told the lady when she hired me, I'm not going to be here long because I knew I had gotten my degree and I was looking to get into psychology. Well, I ended up being with those people for 33 years. And sure. and I and I just laughed because God probably laughed when I said I wasn't going to be there long because he knew <laughs> that was where I was. But I feel like I did use my psychology background on that job every day. And you kind of use it in life, really. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I ended up being hired for the housing office. And I retired as their operations director. I started as a clerk and I just kind of moved up to in different positions within the housing office. But that is where I spent 33 years um, just doing different aspects of handling issues that people have in housing and trying to get into housing. It was made most of what I what, what I did there. But I can imagine having worked in that department that you would use your degree and you would use psychology and counseling because when people are looking for housing, it's normally because they find themselves in a very difficult position, right? Well, yes. And with the military, they usually, um, on average, move the service members uh, every three years. Mm-hmm. So, So just in that, their whole... You know, when they come into our office, there's a lot of issues they have going on to get the appropriate housing that they need. Mm-hmm. Now, let's get into your relationship with God. Where did you meet him and when did he become your Lord and Savior? Uh, I was actually 21 years old. <laughs> I I didn't grow up in church. So and actually in my college in uh, Texas, I was claiming myself to be an atheist. So um, at my job on the base, there was a lady in our office who loved God and all she talked about was God. So none of us unbelievers <laughs> really could appreciate that. So mm-hmm. we'd be like, okay, you know, we don't, we don't want to hear about you and your God talk. But this lady, she ended up going through a divorce and my first husband was in the military. I was living on the base. He was stationed overseas. So I said to her that she could come and stay with me, mm-hmm. my daughter. So she came and the first night she was at my house. <laughs> she just started talking about God. And I was like, you know what? I don't even know if God exists or not. Mm-hmm. So what she told me to do was just to pray and ask God if he was real to show himself real to me. Mm. So I did pray that for <laughs> And like within a week, he did. I don't remember exactly what he did, but there was just things that was going on in my life at that time that he actually showed himself real to me. Wow. I was going through a difficult time in my marriage and um, I had got upset at work and her and the, another lady came and took me in the women's bathroom and prayed for me. They put their arms around me and they were praying and I was just, I could just feel the power of God in the room with us and touching me and through just through them and their compassion. So that night I was over to one lady's house and they led me to the Lord. Sure. And so that's how I met Jesus. Listening to your testimony, you are reminding me of the importance um that we as believers witness to our colleagues and have the boldness to even say to them 
let's pray with you when you can see that your colleagues are going through a difficult time. What would you say about the importance of living out our faith, even in our workplace? That is, it is very, very important. And the people who don't know God, they're always watching the people who do. They're always watching. And and the, you sometimes you'll get the comment that there's something different about you or they see a glow or they, or they can sense your peace and the love you have in your heart. So I think it's very important. And it's, and it's always important that we just be transparent and let people see the Christ in us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned, uh, Jacqueline, about the difficult time you went through and um, with your first husband in your marriage. Somebody might be listening today who are going through a similar situation. I do know that um, you and your husband, Arthur, you even do marriage counseling today. So taking your testimony and your background into consideration, that is a beautiful thing. What would you say to somebody who might be finding herself in that difficult position right now? I would just say to keep believing in God, believing in his word, standing on his word, and he will guide you and lead you in the right direction. When I um, was, when that marriage was, it was apparent that he didn't want to work on the marriage anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, you know, I guess all people do who go through breakups think, that's it, I'm never going to love anybody again. I'm never going to trust anybody again. <laughs> so you go through that phase, but you, and and you just spend that time with our Heavenly Father, receiving his healing letting his word just get in you and and know that he has a plan for you. Mm -hmm. So, and when I met Arthur, we became the best of friends. And when we decided it was going to be more than friends, we both said that we had both went to divorce and it's, it's a horrible thing to go through. You feel people who haven't been through that. I don't know. I think it's one of the worst feelings of being a failure and um not being loved mm-hmm. that you that you feel when you're going through a divorce. So me and him both were able to relate to that. And we said right from the beginning, divorce is not going to be an option. Whatever we go through, we're going to go through it. And mm-hmm. we take we took divorce off the table right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. That is so important. And my husband will always say, um, I mean, that word, even divorce, when you utter it in your marriage, it's such a dangerous tool when you say, I'm going to divorce you, I'm going to leave you, I'm going to leave you. Why is it important, as you said, for us to take that option off the table from the beginning? Because it allows each person, it gives you peace. You can trust that that person is going to be there for you and that no matter what you are going through, you're going to get through it together. And I think we need to have that security and that peace in our marriage and knowing that God is going to keep you together because it's his will for you to thrive in your marriage and have a healthy marriage. And then also when you threaten divorce, it's like like the word says, we, our, our words are life and they are death. So it's kind of like speaking poison into your marriage to continually threaten uh, divorce every time you get into an argument. 
Absolutely. Uh, if you just tuned in, I'm speaking to Jacqueline Renee Hartz. We're going to talk about her devotional um, just after the music break. And I hope that you are getting familiar with her voice because I'm hoping and praying that God will move you, uh, Jacqueline, to, <laughs> to come back and to share some advice from a psychological perspective uh, and a Christian perspective with our listeners often, very often in future. Okay. So, Listeners, please pray with me that she will uh, <laughs> be bound <laughs> to me with love, that she will not go anywhere and agree to keep joining us here on Elevated. We're going to take a quick music break. When we come back, we speak about manna in the morning, which is nourishment from the word of God, um, a book penned by Jacqueline Renee Hartz. Yes, Casting Crowns with at Calvary. Welcome back. That was Casting Crowns with at Calvary. We are continuing our conversation with Jacqueline Renee Hartz. She is an author, a speaker, a counselor, and as you heard earlier, also has a background in psychology. Jacqueline, I do want to talk to you about this devotional manner in the morning. But the first thing I want to ask you is how do you get the discipline to wake up every morning, just first of all, to spend that personal time with God, because I know for a lot of people, when you have a busy schedule, you have a busy life, you have the kids to get ready, all those things, it becomes tough to wake up every morning, diligently so to spend time with God. So what's what's your secret to your discipline? <laughs> uh, the secret, I just, when I first started that, I, I was working, I did have a little one. And he just would wake me up early because I, I was a commuter. So I needed to leave my house around 530 in the morning. So when it started, I would just wake up like three in the morning and I would just get up and spend that time with him and his word. And it just became such a good time for me to to start my day like that. I just couldn't imagine not doing it. Mm -hmm. So it was just the spirit and just growing in intimacy with him. The, the house was quiet. It was just the perfect time for me to spend that time in the word and in his presence and and start my day filled, let him fill my cup. And it was just a good way to go for me. I guess it's like um, the people who exercise regularly say, not that I would know anything about that, but the people who exercise regularly, they say that once you start doing something, your body becomes so used to it that when you don't do it, you feel like you are lacking something, that you are not a whole, you are not complete, you are not functioning at your optimal um, ability. And I guess when you are spending time with God in this manner, every morning, diligently so, your your spirit starts craving it. You feel incomplete when you don't do it. Yes. And then in Ephesians, you know, it talks about putting on the full armor of God. Mm -hmm. So that's, the perfect time to do that is in the morning before the enemy starts throwing his arrows your way. I want to ask you, spending this time with God every morning, do you think it makes you a more patient wife? Does it make you um, practically a better person? Yes, I do for sure. More patient, more loving. It just, yeah, it just puts me more in touch with that character of God, his nature, his calm, and yes. 
And then you started actually writing this down and you started blogging. Tell us all about that. Well, I was just having, I write in a journal, so I was just doing that. And then I was leading a women's Bible study. So the Lord said, share it with them. And I was like, you know, that was a little struggle because to <laughs> me, it was my intimate time. So, it, so I did start sending it to the uh, eight or 10 ladies that were in my Bible study group. And then from there, that that's what grew into the man in the morning. Then I somebody wanted me to put it on a blog and I posted on Facebook. And then I started collecting to put my the book together, the man in the morning book. And what I like about this book, I mean, there is um, 366 devotionals in this book. So one for every morning. But what I love about these devotionals, Jacqueline, is that it is so practical and it is so easy to digest because oftentimes you will find devotionals can be very, um, for the lack of a better word, let me say it's lardy It's up there in the air. It's not practical. You can't really implement it. You can't really identify with it. But for instance, on day 360, you talk about asking anything. Day 361, love equals obedience. And it is short. It gives you the scripture, then your thought about it, and then your manner moment. What made you decide to make it so easily digestible um, and easy to really read? You know, that's just how I got it from our Heavenly Father. Um he was doing when I was doing that. He was taking me through a period of healing. Those are the those the words are the words that he spoke to me that touched my heart, that brought me through the healing process from things that I had been carrying since I was a child. You know, molestation and rape and abortion and just things that I had gone through that I was still carrying around. And when I married my second husband, I was still had all this baggage. Mm-hmm. So those that's just how he ministered to me mm-hmm. each morning to bring healing and, and wholeness into my life. You you talk about um, carrying the pain of your past with you into your future. And I've been talking about the impact that that can have on you when you don't deal with your past trauma. Um, besides these moments with God and the manna in the morning, what else is it that helped you to really get through that process of healing where you can be a healthy wife, a healthy mother, and a healthy daughter of God? It was just really the word of God. I would just say scripture. I would read the word and then certain scriptures, like he says, it's alive and active. They would just come alive and spark life in me. And I, you know, just would meditate on that and pray the word and just really the word, let it wash me and cleanse me and heal me. So that would be the the thing that I would definitely say. Um, It was the word. And actually in the, when I was struggling in my first marriage, there was a time when I contemplated suicide and um, right there in the living floor when I was doing that, he just, the word just came to me, Psalm 27, 13, that he promised that we would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I, and so it's his word has definitely been the most instrumental thing in my healing and, and growth. You are also a counselor. So 
when going through moments like suicidal thoughts, as you just said, would you advise people to seek out counseling? I know a lot of people are still very skeptical about counseling. First of all, they don't trust. There's a stigma attached to it that I think we are slowly breaking um, as the church of God. But what would you say to somebody who might be having suicidal thoughts and is scared to reach out to a counselor? I would encourage them to reach out to a counselor and and preferably one that's going to give godly advice, um, godly counsel, you know, something that's going to go along with the word. But there is, I hope, hopefully, to not, to, to not let the stigma, if there is a stigma or the extent to there is one, to get over that and to get help. I mean, God created us for community. So when we're going down and into those dark places, we need a hand that's going to help us lift us up and help us get on the right path. Absolutely. Um, we're going to give the details listeners on how you can get this devotional manner in the morning or how you can sign up to receive this via email. Her her manner in the morning, her daily devotionals that she writes every single day, how to get it via email. So get your pen and your paper ready. I do want to ask you, Miss Jacqueline, how do you keep your marriage healthy? What is it that you and Arthur are doing to make sure that your marriage is good and healthy? Well, the most important thing is just communication, honest and open communication, and not to judge each other. So we always let each other be who we are. And so that gave us the freedom to, like me, I was not one, I was not a verbal, I had to learn how to to voice my feelings and, and stuff, you know, when I was offended about something. So just um, learning to keep that communication open between between with your spouse is the most important thing, being honest and communicating, talking to each other and spending time together. That's something that um, sometimes couples don't realize. We always encourage couples to do date nights, to have mm-hmm. that face-to-face time together because you hear people say you grow apart. You grow apart because you don't spend time together. So that's an important thing, that face-to-face time. That's good. And I can testify, uh, listeners, that that's one of the first things I said to my husband when we met uh, them. I said to my husband that I love how uh, Jacqueline is just allowing her husband to be him. You can see that there's so much freedom in their marriage. They just are who they are and they give each other the space to just be themselves. You experience that from the first moment you meet them. So I am very excited, Jacqueline, to see what God is going to do through you and your husband, Arthur, in South Africa, in the kingdom of God. You've got so much to offer um the nation to offer the kingdom of God and your testimony. I mean, we just touched on it today. We just introduced you to our listeners today. We're going to dive into it much deeper in the future, but some of it is written in this book manner in the morning. I've read through it, some of it, and, and really one can sense your heart and the peace that you have also in this book. So tell our listeners, how do we get a hold of manner in the morning, please? Okay. I um posted on Twitter at Miss Mrs. Jackie Hearts, M R S 
J-A-C-K-I-E-H-A-R-T-S. And I also post it on Facebook every day. And as far as the book, The Man in the Morning, that is on Amazon. I don't know if you all have Amazon here, but I do mm-hmm. post um I post the book, Man on the Morning Scriptures, on a Manna on the Morning Facebook page. So I do post those from the book every day too, as well. There you have it. And if you go to our Facebook page right now, Radio Pulpit, uh, you will find that I have tagged her in the post. And you can email her to Jackie Hearts, that's J-A-C-K-I-E-H-A-R-T-S at yahoo.com with the words, send me the manner in the subject line. And uh, we will get that information to you. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. I hope that you will come back and that next time we will be able to share even some more advice with our listeners. Okay, thank you. I look forward to that. You have a great day. Thank you all.